1: And welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host,
0: Daryl Amy here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Well, let me see. I'm about 85% done with the recording of Selling from the Heart, so that's... that's Bravo! That's, Woo. You know what? I'm just tired. I, I had to lay down the the mental excuses, and, and I just didn't want you complaining anymore, so... It's
1: good. Uh, Once again, ladies and gentlemen, I've badgered Larry not only to writing the book, but also to recording the book. So so for uh, for all our Christmas
0: wishes, we'll get this out to the world. (laughs) Hey, for all all the Selling from the Heart listeners, if you're ever thinking about writing a book, all you got to do is sit in a car with Daryl Amy for a little bit and (laughs) you'll be convinced why you need to write a book. Hey, uh,
1: you can't go wrong. I think it's great. Uh, and by the way, if uh, welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast. If you're new, you've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value. We call it Selling from the Heart. And Larry, um, I just got to say, and I know I'm nowhere near as big a baseball fan as you, but my papa, my grandfather, cheered for the Montreal Expos, and I brought home a World Series championship this week. And I can't believe that I'm the one cheering and I'm so um, thankful. And I'm, uh, in, from the bottom of my Canadian heart, I'm very sorry
0: about the Dodgers. Oh, and, I, and, and that's all good. And, and by the way, thanks for emphasizing your Canadian sorry. <laughs> so, but, I, but you know what? I watched four innings of the whole entire World Series and I'm a baseball junkie, but I am happy the Nationals won but you know what now I'm looking forward because February it all starts again and pitchers and catchers start back up again. So I got, I got two months and then it's back to baseball again.
1: Yeah. Life's good. We've got a fantastic guest today. Um, we're going to introduce in just a minute and, uh, but I always love giving a shout out to our friends that send out cards and we hear great feedback uh, from folks who are trying this out or actually reaching out and touching someone, uh, by sending a card. And so, Uh, You hear about this every week because we're passionate about it. We believe in it. And I want you to check it out if you hadn't already. Simply go to cards.sellingfromtheheart.net and give it a try. You're absolutely going to love it. Larry, we've got a fantastic guest today. And uh, I just want to dive in because this is going to be a fun conversation.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't wait to bring Anita Nielsen on. But I have to give a backstory on this is we were introduced through a mutual follower on social. And, uh, obviously we both read each other's books and all that, and I'm not going to hold it against Nita, Anita, but unbeknownst to me, I'm sitting there halfway through reading the book and all of a sudden she wrote about me and, <laughs> and I had to, I had to start laughing because, you know, I talk about not being an empty suit. Well, Anita talks about leisure suit Larry and I go, come on, Anita, but I can't, I can't believe she's actually coming on the podcast, but, Without further ado, Anita Nielsen, welcome to Selling from the Heart.
2: I'm so excited to be here with you guys. You're nothing like leisure suit, Larry.
0: Oh, come on. No, I'm not. I know. I'm not. <laughs> and this is going to be which a makes fun it, conversation. Which
2: makes, it even, which makes it even more ironic and hilarious, I think.
1: Hey, Larry, you're not just filling the empty suit. You're filling the empty leisure suit. And that's <laughs> oh, a there you old, go. oh,
2: that's a way to look at old, it. Old, yeah, no,
1: we, hey, we can end this podcast right now if y'all want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll give this back on the rest. Of- By the way, um, I'm, I'm we're going to have a fun conversation with Anita, the author of the new book, Beat the Bots. But as we get started, Anita, I'm curious, when you hear the word selling from the heart, what does that mean to you?
2: So selling from the heart means to me that um, the sales professional goes in with the most sincere, good intent of helping their customers succeed. And they go from a place of um, you know, kind of vulnerability and servant uh, leadership. And ultimately, what that ends up doing is it creates a heart-to-heart relationship, right? And that, that's what accelerates sales today.
0: Yeah. You know, and and it's interesting because I love the word sincerity because we always use it as far as sincerity and substance plus heart. And then I say sets you apart, but it's just so difficult. And I know, especially in the world, the sales that you came from is everybody talks about, Hey, you got to bring your genuine self. You got to be authentic and all that. And I think today it's just, it's unfortunately it's turning into a word like, Hey, how's it going? Right. I'll see you later. And it's just these words that just roll off our mouth. Yes. So, I mean, why do, you th- why do you see that happening?
2: I think because it has been beaten into everyone. Every sales professional gets told you have to be authentic and vulnerable and blah, blah, blah. Well, the reality is, I mean, I heard somebody say the other day about how they had a script on being authentic. And I about died. I was like, that is <laughs> that's awesome. that is like the jumbo. That's like the jumbo shrimp equivalent of my life's life here, right? Like you can't, there's no such thing as fake authenticity. But it's a thing. I mean, so that's what happened. Some some sales um, trainers and people have said, Hey, you have to be authentic, and here's how. And and that's not a thing, right? So um, yeah, it, it, I think that it's really challenging because. People have been brainwashed. It's kind of like that statement of uh, what keeps you up at night? That one drives me bananas, right? Because some sales training monster company decided they were going to train that to individuals. Well, now customers have made a mockery of it because they'll just be like, yeah, my three-month-old child keeps me up at night, right? Because they know that that is a sales question now. And so it's ineffective. So I think um, authenticity means who you are and what you stand for.
1: Yeah, that's so good. And I love that you brought the term servant leadership into, uh, yeah. into the answer here because I think both of those words really encapsulate, you know, what it means to sell from the heart, to have a heart that's to right. serve and that's to right. be someone who casts a vision. Um, And, oh, exactly. outstanding. Yeah. Well, that's hey, it... yeah, you, I mean, this book, so if this, <laughs> the title of the book is like, So intriguing, right? Beat the bots. What in the world? Where did this come from?
2: Yeah. So I, I, it just kind of naturally came to me. I was in a workshop, um, you know, kind of just coming up with my outline and I was talking with some of the people and all of a sudden it just popped into my head like, wait. The bots because I was talking about how you have to be authentic, and that's the only way we're going to stay ahead of AI and right then you know and the robots. And then I heard it in my head, and so that's where it came from. So, although the entire story isn't about the concept of beating the bots, it's um, it's kind of the underlying theme of you know, in order to stay ahead of technology, you have to do the things that make you distinct from technology, you have to do the things that make you more human.
1: You know, yeah. when you think about it, it's so funny because um, when we talk about the the empty suit sales professional or leisure suit Larry, um, <laughs> there we go, there, there we go. go. <laughs> it's gonna be a great episode. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, when, when you think about uh, a guy like Larry wearing a leisure suit and having no substance and, and all of that, that that inauthentic sales professional, you know, that the stereotypical used car salesperson, right. they are a bot. Right, they're like a corporate exactly. robot and spewing out the same thing, and and it's so funny because uh, you know anybody who's worried about being replaced by AI, well, guess what? If all you do is spew out the same corporate BS, right. predictable answers, um, you, you are going to be replaced because it's going to be programmed.
2: Yeah, well, that's exactly it. So it could be programmed. So robots, mean you know, with Leisure Suit Larry's case, it's like he was programmed right. to do evil. You know, that's right. the evil intent, right? <laughs> But I think what we program sellers to do, absolutely, that has an impact. And when you start training people on the same thing and you train tens of thousands of people, Mm -hmm. that ability to differentiate isn't there anymore. And so now that's almost like a robotic tendency. So I think that the robots, um, if there's something that I can go research on a website and have that information, then it creates no value for me to have a sales professional in front of me telling me the same thing. So it's like, if it could be automated and be just as simple for me, then that's the way I'm going to go. So it has to be something much more than that baseline knowledge transfer.
0: Yeah. You know, and you bring up a good point because I always tell, I encourage salespeople, you got to stop hiding behind your product and you got to stop hiding behind your company and you got to bring the goods to somebody. And those goods mean bring something that I can't readily find on page one or page one and a half of Google.
2: That's right. Right. That's exactly right. I love that. So I'm going to probably steal that, just FYI. Um, That's 100% right. Like, it's, it's, you can't find out there. And uh, it's the human differentiators. I think we're all talking about the same thing, but people forget that everybody, you know, you may be meeting a customer, but that customer is still a human being. So going in, being a stuffy person, forget the even evil part, even just going in and being super stuffy and trying to be uber professional. Mm-hmm. that isn't going to get you credibility that's going to just make you look like an automaton and 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 that's what we don't want so going in and just kind of being self-deprecating being human being hum- humility having humility that is the stuff that um i think customers crave now
1: yeah it is you know it's it's such a interesting time and i love you know you said more than baseline knowledge transfer um, and this is so critical is that, you know, and I, I always, I mean, am always beating the drum on, yes, you need to know your product or service or whatever you're selling, but you also need to understand your client's problems, their outcomes, their world, what they're aiming at. Um, you know, you should never have to ask someone quote unquote, what keeps them up at night or you, you should know. Right. And That's and these right. are the, you know, and it's not even just what keeps you up at night. It's, it's understanding the broader If you're B2B, understanding the broader business, um, you know, environment that they're in and the bigger business goals they have more than just that little narrow piece that touches um, what you do.
2: Absolutely. And I think it's a balance. You're exactly right. So that you have to have the ability to understand that business as a whole. But then the real value comes in when you have the ability to understand that individual as a whole, right? So not right. just the individual in terms of what their role is as a buyer, but that right. individual in terms of what's their career plan? Like, are they trying to be a COO now? Is that what their goal is? Because I need to figure out how to do all of my messaging in terms of operational efficiency then. right? So it's really getting to the, the heart, right? The heart mm-hmm. of what? drives and motivates that customer and what is valuable to them and then that's what you that's what you have to be able to go talk to
0: which means you know when when it's all said you know salespeople they got to start asking questions
2: yes amen that
0: dig way below the surface and that's what's hard and I always share with people you you have to start asking those questions though you may not you may go okay well why (laughs) It may not be important to you, right? Because we're so, pr- most salespeople are so product centric that they ask okay. product centric questions yes. and they get those canned responses because the buyer's used to it. But when you yes. can be below the surface and you start peeling those layers back and you get to what makes them tick and That's right, it. you get to their heart, they will start telling you and they're going to go, you know what? Mentally, they're going to go, hey, I finally found somebody. That's asking those questions I've been dying to answer, but nobody's yeah. asking them.
2: That gets me somebody that gets me. In, and I love that. So in the book, I talk about high impact questions. So, you know, sales 101, we're taught don't ask closed ended questions because you'll just get a yes or no answer. So we're taught use open ended questions. And those mm-hmm. are good that that'll that'll work. However, what I encourage is these high impact questions and I joke about it, but it's true. These are questions that a shrink would be jealous of, right? Like these are the Mm -hmm. kind of questions that will get you monster answers, not just a little bit, a small answer. And the the idea is that when you ask those types of really open questions that are high impact, the emotion seeps in and that's what you want because differentiation lives in that emotional space. And so, um, you know, you have to get really good at asking those types of questions like, Instead of just asking, for example, what is, um, you know, who reports to you, you would ask something like, help me understand your organizational structure. Because mm-hmm. right? now by saying it that way, now you've got this person that you're talking to thinking about, well, maybe I'll tell them about the peer in my organization who was right. brought in by the CIO and who's kind of shady. I mean, it just opens up the door for so much more insight on that deeper level, like you said.
1: Yeah. So we've got, I'm really curious, I'd love to hear uh, in your words, and, and you talk about this in the book, the rider, the elephant, and the path. Uh, yeah, yeah, So fill us in on that.
2: Yeah, sure. So I've, you know, I've worked with salespeople for a long time. I've been one, led one, all, all of it. And I came across this analogy, um, Jonathan Haidt, who's a university professor and social psychologist. And the analogy goes like this: It talks about the human mind having two systems, a rational system and an emotional system. Mm-hmm. And in the in the metaphor, the um, rational system is represented by a human rider, okay. and the emotional system is represented by a six ton elephant. So, you know, the visual <laughs> is you've got a six ton <laughs> elephant standing there, and you've got a little a little human rider sitting on top. And so, you know, salespeople we're visual; we like things that are going to help us remember things. So, the uh, idea yeah. that I train them is that you know, look at that proportion, right? That little rider sitting on the top, which is represents the rational brain of your customer, mm-hmm. is so magnitude smaller than that big six-ton elephant. So when you're communicating to your customer, you have to make sure that you're addressing the rational brain or the rider, and right. you're addressing the emotional brain or the elephant. The trick is if if you're not doing it right or if those two are clashing, who who's your money on? I mean, a writer don't just want a chance, right? Like, <laughs> I'm voting for the elephant. Every time. <laughs> elephant, elephant, every time. And so that's the analogy. And it, of all the things I teach, um, that one, I mean, it sticks with people. I get texts yeah. and messages from people that learned it years ago. And they're like, "Hey, I totally did the elephant today." And I was like, "Okay, good to know.
1: <laughs> Did the elephant? Uh, did the elephant? That's exactly what
2: I mean, and that's what they'll yeah, say. Yeah, like, absolutely, okay, it's good. Not kidding. gonna not gonna read into that much, but yeah, absolutely, you're right. Yeah, but it's yeah. that's what the rider elephant is, and it's just recognizing that human beings are a function of logic and emotion, and to. Mm-hmm. Ignore the emotion is an exercise in futility. I mean, you'll just you won't win, or somebody else will come in and win um, ahead of you because they did address that emotion.
0: Yeah, you know what that re- you know what that reminds me of, Daryl is. Um, do you remember a while back when Victor Antonio came on the podcast? Yes, and and Victor's is I. For those of you who don't know Victor Antonio, run, go buy his books and listen to his mm-hmm. podcast. The guy's freaking amazing. And plus, come to Outbound 2020 and you'll and you'll see him on stage. <laughs> but what's what's interesting is he was saying on our podcast, he said, Hey, no disrespect to the sales world out there. But he goes, There's not much difference between your product and somebody else and your competitor's product nor their service nor a solution, right? Somebody can come out with a bigger, faster, better widget in two seconds, right? right. What's going to differentiate you from another salesperson is how fast you get to somebody's heart, which was music to our ears being selling from the heart, right? right. It, that, uh, that's the big key today in this world that's just been so commoditized by salespeople. They've done it to themselves.
2: Yeah. And so in the book, I, I talk about my way of looking at it is that there's different layers of value. And you guys talk about value all the time. But mm. the the, you know, the product has or the technology or product that you're selling has inherent value. A toothbrush is to clean teeth, right? Yep. And then the company that creates that product has a certain value add or layer that they add onto it. So you may have a toothbrush like the ones that we have that have an app that goes with it that tells you that how long you brush in each quadrant. And that's pretty slick. But here's the thing, when you get to that level, it takes about five minutes for the competitor to make the exact same thing. So differentiation doesn't even live there for long. So you can't differentiate on inherent value. You can't differentiate on this company value. But where can you differentiate? You can differentiate on the salesperson's value, who they are as an individual, mm-hmm. what they stand for, how they make a meaningful interaction with the individual they're speaking with. How do they reach that person's heart, like you guys say, right? And, mm-hmm. and that's, I always say in my classes, that is the only place you have left to differentiate, truly differentiate, is in that human to human interaction between seller and buyer,
1: I'm, I'm totally stuck on the fact that I can get an app for my toothbrush. but uh, It's if,
2: pretty slick, I'll tell you.
1: <laughs> no, it's good. You're looking at the nerd here. Um, Marketing this, magic. This is double yeah, nerd, double magic. geek. Hey, you know what, though? I, I, think, I couldn't agree more. And I think that, that even if you do have some differentiation with your product and your company, no one's going to hear it no one's going to hear it until they trust you. That's exactly right. Right. And nothing happens. You can have the. I, I think you could have the most differentiated product in your space and the best product in your space and, and truly it be differentiated, but without trust, no one yeah. hears it because Perfect. the walls are up. You talk about speaking a different kind of language as a sales <laughs> rep. Now talk, talk to us a little bit about that. I speak, Canadian and redneck. Uh, but <laughs> and you talk it. about uh you talk and about I, and I Southern Californians, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's gnarly, Larry. Uh, oh, I love and it. You, oh, come on, dude. <laughs>
2: oh, that's funny. It's um I speak in recovering 80s child. Um so it's basically <laughs> like it's it's a elephant elephantese is the one that I talk about in the book and it goes back to that metaphor, right? Like you have to be able to speak the language of elephants or the language of emotion.
0: Yeah, And, um, it's just,
2: it's a theme that I carry with me everywhere. And you know, it's kind of funny. So even just little, you guys recognize this in life, little examples, like I'll go to a store and I'll just start talking to the person that's there because in my head, in my heart, inherently I believe that everybody has something to offer. So I'm looking at this rep or this cashier at target and I'm like, I'm telling my life story. We're just having a great conversation. And, um, you know, as I'm leaving, they're like, you're great. You just made my day. And I didn't do anything except for be my nerdy old self. Like that's all I did there, but it mattered to someone else. And that's what it's really all about. And, and sales is no different. If you can't go in there and you know say something to make them laugh or get to something that matters to them, it, somebody will come in and do it better.
0: Yeah. You know, it, cause, um, it was interesting. A couple, this was probably about, I'd say it was in the last 30 days maybe a little bit longer than that. I had an opportunity to hear this. I just think this guy is freaking brilliant. His name's Phil Jones. And Phil Jones is a 37-year-old, just massive entrepreneur, great guy from the UK. And what was really interesting, and he was sitting there speaking and he said, you know what, as salespeople, we we just fail miserably. At that human connection, you know, when you meet somebody, really making that person feel good and looking at them in the eye, hey, how you doing? And, and just digging in. And that's why I said, you know, dig in below the surface. And he went on and he, he kind of role-played this, Anita, but I you know, it. It, it, it was interesting as he goes, most people will say, Hey Anita, you know, how you doing? And Anita's gonna say, Oh, I'm doing okay. And then they just go on to other, you know. It, means no, on, it meant nothing. It meant nothing as right. opposed to, you know, well, hey, you know, okay. Why are you just okay, Anita? That's it. Exactly. And if salespeople can, when they're sitting there, and I bring this up for a reason, because as a sales professional, it's your duty it's your responsibility to dig mm-hmm. in and hunker down and ask those questions that are really going to pull out those answers. And you can't do it just asking one or two canned questions and yes. expect to get the response to help them solve that problem.
2: That's exactly right. And those canned questions, they've been asked a million times. So when you start going down your little discovery checklist, they feel like they're being interrogated and you are not going to get answers that are meaningful and going to help you differentiate. It's just, it's not going to happen, but you're right. As salespeople, I don't know why we forget that part, part of you thinks it is our inherent fear of rejection, right? So when we go mm-hmm. in there, we want to make sure that we have our wall up. And I maintain that if your wall is up, there's zero incentive for your customer to pull their wall down. And if their wall isn't down, you're not going to, you're not getting in. So, you know, you have to give that inch to be able to get access to that level that'll let you differentiate.
1: Yes. Yeah, so how do you, how, I'm curious how you coach people to bring emotion to a conversation. I know you came from a technology sales background, Larry <laughs> yes. and I are both you know, from the technology sales background. And so there's such a tendency. I mean, we were taught to pencil sell and do financial ROI. We understand the pain and, you know, all of that. And, uh, and all of it was so businessy, right? It was all very intellectual and in so many different ways. Um, Even the, even the canned ways we were taught to bring out pain. It wasn't even it was like business pain, right? It, right? it never really made, it was, it was out here. It never made it in there. How do you coach a rep in that type of sales environment? Um, you know, I understand if you're selling life insurance or something, you get to yeah. the heart really quick, That's right. You know, That's but right. like in I'm selling technology, for example, or yeah. you know, how do you, how do you coach a rep to get elephant language, elephant tease yeah, for it's, that conversation?
2: It's so it's, so one of the things I talk a lot about is earn the right, right? So you can't just go in there right away and be like, Hey, tell me your life's mission and goals. Like you will come right. off as creepy and that's not okay. Right. So mm-hmm. eliminate the creep. You go in there, you ask questions like Larry was talking about, like I've been talking about that are really meaningful to get, um, you know, some answers out of them. And one of the right. things that human beings love, and this is what I coached the gang to the gang being all my collective salespeople, grown children. <laughs> um, they, you know, they have to sit there and ask the questions. And then they, if they're listening, truly listening, that customer is feeling good, right? Because Mm -hmm. one of the most basic human needs is to feel like you have value and that you're heard. And so just by doing that, you're kind of opening up that door to a little bit of trust to get you there. So you have to earn the right. But at at the end of the day, the root of it is two things. One, your intent. Do not try to do anything that I advocate unless you've got good intent, because it'll fail. I mean, It'll fail if you yeah. can't go in there. With, if you can't go in there with the true, serious, sincere intent of helping that customer succeed, none of this will work. Period. So just sit in the car. Don't go in. But if you do have that intent, and then you add the questions onto it, now that is where that's where the coaching is. Let me, you know, mm-hmm. I can't I can't really coach the intent. I can help them recognize it and get better at it. But um, the the questions is where it really boils down to. And I'll say things like, "Well, did you ask her why?" Now, keep in mind, I, I've got my technology background on experience, guys. I'm married an engineer. So right. I, I learned how to deal with people that are not <laughs> high empathy, okay? It is right. a thing. And, it's, and and sometimes it's just kind of like, I look at and be like, dude, you've known me forever. How do you not ask me that question, right? Like, how do you not know this? And so it really is a matter of hmm. making them understand that they have to call themselves out sometimes, right? And say, did I, did I matter to that customer? Right. That-
0: and you key in on something um, that, I want everybody in sales to really realize is I was, and I always like capping on myself. It's just part of who I am, but I I was never the smartest person out there. But one of the things that I was really hypersensitive to, and I want our listeners to, to really latch onto this, is how well you position and how well you open these first meetings, these conversations with people. Trust me on this. It's mm. going to dictate what happens. That's right. And that's why, there, and, and, and me personally, and, and I'm just concerned about it, there's not enough emphasis being placed on the very first initial, Hey yes. Daryl, how's it going? That first in meeting with somebody, yes. right. And you know, to me is if you can't open this properly, if you can't open it in a humanistic, non-salesy matter, I know right. we're salespeople, but we got to take that hat off in the beginning. If we yeah. can't do that correctly, yeah. then what happens? Everything else just, it, it you start using all these bad closes and all these catchphrases and things like that. To me, it just won't work. If we pay really good attention to how we open the very beginning of the journey together, watch what starts to happen.
2: Oh, it's magic. I mean, I look at, um, there was a customer that I, well, an embedded, as an embedded coach, I go out on sales calls, right? So one of my coaching clients, I was with him on a sales call and, you know, and I think I wrote about him in the book, but he does this thing where he goes in and he just says, Hey, how are you doing? And, um, I'm good, traffic was like this and I can't believe that they're doing this. And it's very genuine. And of course, the person that you're talking to, they completely understand traffic is crap and they start there and it's real. It's something that you can both relate on. Hmm. But then before he even goes in to start, so one of the things that um, they were selling was this digital transformation program. And so digital transformation, for example, is just one of those monster buzzwords that almost means nothing anymore, right? Because it's just everywhere. So one of the things that he says, and I love this, They'll say, okay, I need to get to the bottom of what digital transformation means to you. Because what matters to me is not what MIT says it is. What matters to me is what you think it is for your company. Immediately disarming that customer and letting them know that the baseline for our conversation is going to be you and all about you. And, uh, you know, the people that bring out that logo slide of all the companies that they work with, I mean, that drives me bananas. (laughs) They don't, uh, do you think that they didn't see that on your website? Because I'm pretty sure they did. So they don't need to know the customers your company serves. They need to know how you will serve them. And to right. get there, you, they have to, you have to understand them. So that's the kind of thing I think, like you're saying, the opening has to be, it has to establish that relationship of I am here to serve you. What, mm-hmm. What's in my head is um, on demand for your benefit, right? So I think that's kind of where, where people have to really focus.
1: Oh, that's rich. That's so good. I have a whole other train of thought. I have a Pandora's <laughs> box that I want to open right now, and we're running up.
2: Oh uh, gosh! our
1: time together, we knew
2: that would happen. I know, we're
1: gonna have to have you back. But oh uh, gosh, man, I I am so excited about this book and what you're doing, you. and uh, I think that just the the theme of all of this to circle back to the beginning, you know, to beat the bots. I mean, yeah. if you you know if you're a sales professional out there and i we have a great audience of i mean we are preaching to the choir right now i know Um, yeah. but if you're you know if you're a sales rep out there and you're kind of going maybe you're new to this podcast you're going is this selling from the heart stuff really real or is it just legit touchy feely fluff right mushy
2: stuff yeah like yeah
1: well is an elephant real <laughs> because the touchy-feely the weighs
2: six-ton six thing right? exactly <laughs> exactly that ain't so mushy is it right no, so yeah exactly the, right the exactly.
1: most dangerous animal on the planet.
2: <laughs> exactly i mean, I mean exactly. seriously
1: it can it can either yeah. be your friend or it's the
2: most loyal enemy. right exactly i mean just yeah. the patterns of what they do it just it's remember. just such a great metaphor man i just i i heard that metaphor and i was like i'm taking this because the metaphor was done for change is the reason yeah, that. The, yeah. The professor did it. But to me, I'm like, oh no, this, I'm taking this to my guys because this is going to stick. This is what's going to help them. And it does. So yeah, I'm pretty grateful that I uh, I came up with that idea of just translating that in that way.
1: Yeah, I'm a I'm a partner in a, a business is a revenue growth uh, firm. And so, you know, my business partner kept saying, and and I live, unfortunately, I live in the rider space. I'm, you know, an INTJ, I'm a director, I'm okay. a five on the Enneagram. So this, you know, this always stretches me in the right yeah, direction. In,
2: in a good and, way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, my business partner in that coaching program or in the, in the, uh, the growth program says we need to change uh, coach. I'm like, that's so touching, but you, it's not. And and it's we realized if we're going to get organizations and help them change, there is the elephant in the room, the relational, right. emotional part of it. and, it doesn't matter what you sell, you sell change. That's exactly and it. So this is a exactly very, very appropriate metaphor. I I absolutely yeah. love
0: it. Oh, well, Anita, hey, but hey, I just I, I just I gotta play off on that one for a second though, this whole change thing. Yeah, yeah. It's how my brain thinks, but you know, in order to sell change, one has to change themselves. Mm.
2: Truth, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly.
0: You know, bonus
2: see. points. Exactly
0: right. <laughs> hey, that's not leisure suit, Larry, right? Oh, oh, right. Still in that the empty leisure suit.
2: No way. No empty suits. No empty suits here or leisure suits for that matter. But, 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 You're right. But, you have to but, be. But able no, to and, the, and that's what
0: concerns the crap out of me. Yes, we have salespeople and sales teams and organizations organizations out there, you know, trying to sell digital transformation or any kind of transformation, but yet they can't even transform them freaking selves. That's right. And you're out there trying to sell change. Hello.
2: People aren't (laughs) going to buy. People aren't going to buy. If they don't think that you um, epitomize what it is that you're selling or there's passion there and it's genuine because you actually believe it. They got, they got no time for that. No one's got time for that anymore.
1: So good. Well, Anita, any words of wisdom? If you could say one thing to this global audience of sales professionals, what would you say?
2: Oh Gosh, it's so tough. Um, I think I'm going to go back to my metaphor. Never, ever underestimate the emotional system in the mind of a customer. Never underestimate the elephant.
1: Oh, that's so good. Well, hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you, Anita, for uh, who you are and all oh, you are doing. Oh, same, uh, same amazing. with you guys. Thank um, you so much. Kindred spirit and true friend out there. And um, exactly. I'm so glad... To introduce you to the Selling from the Heart community, um, for Woo-hoo! everybody. Thanks for joining us. Till next week, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep doing the hard work, learn to speak elephantese, and most of all, sell from the heart.